we're back, folks. Welcome to DC's podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to work out the kinks a little bit, but I, I think it it rolls off the tongue a little better. It does. I wanted to say DC's take five just because I'm so used to saying that, but yeah. it, it's just it, it really isn't. Good yeah, <laughs> I know. We did well. We we I think we chose that originally because we were gonna do the five hot takes every game then we realized that was way too much work so <laughs> oh my god yeah. remember podcast would have been so long too yeah no a lot of our takes they uh they didn't age super well <laughs> trey morning the key to taking down syracuse <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um but yeah yeah uh speaking of syracuse it's time for us to do a little bit more detailed rundown of georgetown's schedule this year and see how exactly we think it's all going to play out because one thing for sure is that Ewing isn't playing around anymore with regarding uh, the types of teams that we play. Definitely a big step up from the last two years. And that was the expectation heading into this year's schedule. Last year, it really hurt them losing to those cruddy teams like Loyola Marymount in Jamaica, SMU at home. Just teams like that getting spanked by DePaul by 40, even though we played them twice regardless. Yeah. So it, it was really important for Ewing, who back-to-back years scheduled cupcakes over and over and over for us it was important for him to show that he had faith in this squad and he was going to challenge them early in the year and you look at this schedule and there are plenty of games that i look at and say this is certainly not a must win i mean excuse me this is certainly not an easy win they're all must wins in my opinion yeah (laughs) every game is a must win when you're a georgetown fan but yeah i think you're right uh definitely a step up from last year we'll be here to break down some of the biggest games, games that we think might be traps, uh, as well as play out how we think the early part of the season will go along with the performance of the team, individual players, and then, you know, hopefully see where it takes the Hoyas come March. Yeah, I think it's a great, uh, I think that, I think that, I think that's a really solid plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So before we get into it, you want to hit the music? Oh, you already know. Welcome to DC. What a song. It's, you know, screw me, but I like it. It just, I'll, I'll come to the dark side at this point. It's not a good song, but I, it just has, has a special place in my heart. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So you want to want to jump right into the early portion of the schedule? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So I look at this and we have a couple of home games right off the bat. Four home games. And that's Mount St. Mary's. No, wait, is it yeah, Mount yeah, St. Mount Mary's, Mary's? Central Arkansas, Penn State, and Georgia State, right? Yeah, those are the those are the home. That's the homestead that we have before we get into the Empire Classic, which is a whole other thing that we'll talk about. But um, yeah, I think of those first four, it should be three easy wins outside of the Penn State game. Yes, I would agree with that. I think the first two taking care of business in both of them is crucial and yeah. taking care of business of them in a, in a, in a handily handed fashion is important too, because that'll give Ewing the opportunity to kind of experiment with lineups, yeah, right. how players gel with one another. You don't want to be getting into a bit of a close game with central Arkansas and McDonough arena <laughs> because yeah. 
no. what Ewing really wants from these two games is to have the ability to play with things, see how players work with one another, find, figure out how each tandem works and fits with one another before facing off against Penn State and what's it's it's a crucial game it's really a crucial game going into early in this season we can't be losing to Penn State at home this early yeah I know you were uh you were talking to me earlier about it but uh Penn State's supposed to be pretty good this year they should get back to the tournament 100% and we all know how good Lamar Stevens is he's just He's nasty. He can do pretty much everything. My friends at Penn State actually were trying to argue that he he was he was overrated. Um, I don't really buy that. I think he's very talented. I don't know if the team around him is as good as it, as good as Georgetown, but Stevens is a guy who you look at and you say he really has the ability to take over a team, to yeah, take over was, a game. Excuse me. He was almost twenty and ten last year. Um, yeah, I, you know, on just, shooting yeah. over forty percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his efficiency actually dipped a little bit last year. He's one of those like tweeners who does really well in college. He's bouncy, six eight, jacked. So mismatch problem for sure. I don't know who See, it would be. Yeah, Josh. I, Josh guards. It, it would be Josh. It would be Josh to start off the game one hundred percent. Um, but you, you you look at that. You look at that. He's not really a guy who can stretch the floor, and. He's the type of player we're going to need bodies. So you look at maybe a Myron Gardner coming in and trying to throw him on him a little bit just because he's super springy around the same body build. He's someone who could be a bit of a different look. But even then right there, it's a freshman guarding this year's senior. And Lamar Stevens is widely recognized as the top 30 player in the country at the moment. Yeah, that's... Man, so he's the one player you look at and you say, I'm really not confident in our defense. How are we going to slow this guy down? Because yeah. the is too big for him. Yeah, yeah, too slow. Um, mm-hmm. Does Does Stevens have any NBA future, you think? Probably not. The guy doesn't stretch the floor really well at all. He only shoots around 20% from three. So that's the one reason why I look at a, a Gardner or a LeBlanc and say he's one-dimensional in the sense that He's a bully ball guy who's not really that big, as you said. Likes to make his work mid-range to the post, around the rim. But he's just so effective at scoring <laughs> and getting to his spots that it's going to be difficult on them. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think he, he he would really need to work. Because if you're an NBA player, I saw an Instagram post last night of Taco Fall pumping in three-pointers. Yeah. If you, want a fu- if you want a future in this league, you have to be able to expand your game beyond the arc. Bro, imagine Taco Fall as a stretch five. <laughs> I'd hilarious. have to bust out a taco jersey. Yeah, my God. Um, I'm glad he didn't get any run against the Knicks last night. but Yeah, he won't get played unless it's a bit of a blowout. He got he got played against the Knicks at MSG. Well, I know, that's that's what I that's why I'm saying it, because he's the only minutes he's gotten was when the Celtics were smacking us around. Last week. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> uh, it was equally brutal last night, man. Yes, it was. Uh, but yeah, how do you? what do you think is the key? I mean, if we shut down Stevens, I, I don't think there's really anyone else on Penn State that should give us too much trouble. I mean, God forbid, you know, someone goes off and hits eight threes on us, but... Yeah, see, their, their team, they certainly have about three players who are capable of stretching the defense. You look at Bolton, Josh Reeves... Miles Dredd, they're all solid players. Reeves is probably the best out of the three of them. 
in my opinion, just because of what he can do with the ball in his hands. He's a pretty good defensive player. He's not great from the free throw line, but he shoots about 36% from three. So that's probably going to be Mac or James guarding him. I think it'll probably be James, um, given that Reeves plays a lot with the ball in his hands, even though he's a little bit of a bigger player. Um, He's probably, actually, excuse me, Reeves is in the NBA now. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, he's on the Mavs. Yeah, I just looked at it. I was about to say, this guy's been here forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he he definitely would give us problems, especially if he made the Mavs. But yeah, I think, um, I think, is Bolton still there from last year? I think so. Yeah, you would think. Um, We got to check. No, he's on Iowa State now. Oh, wow. Okay. So they've had some serious turnover on their roster. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting, too, to see how, if Lamar Stevens gets even more touches than he did last year. He was already playing 37 minutes a game. What the fuck? And he really, he doesn't average a ton of fouls either. That's that's impressive. It's funny, though. It's pretty crazy. Like, you look at ESPN, they really do a lot of their updating when it comes to statistics and rosters super late going into the year. Yeah, well, the the roster's updated, but the stats aren't. And that's yeah, that's pretty funny. Too. Well, yeah. they still have Mike Watkins, and he'll draw the assignment from Omer Year at 7. Watkins is a big fella, 6'9", 250. Yeah. Um, he doesn't score a lot, so it, yeah. it shouldn't be too big of an issue for Year at 7. Yeah. The key is just keeping him off the glass 100%. and preventing second-chance yeah. opportunities. Yeah, Year at 7's only got about 10 pounds on him there, but his reach should definitely help him. It's going to be nice to have a real 7-footer. You know, not Jesse's not short, obviously, but I think the difference between six ten and seven feet is pretty significant. It is one hundred percent, without a doubt. You look at it, and every little inch matters. Like I'm only five nine, but how how tall are you? Like six one? I will say six one. Yeah, for the for the listeners. Yeah, six one, six six foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even like the difference between five nine, five ten, five eleven, it's big. It, there's no other way to say it every inch matters and usually if you're a little bit taller the wingspan goes up a little bit too yeah most nba players have a plus wingspan so it's got to be uh i don't know what omer's is but for every inch in height it's probably more than an inch in wingspan yeah so again i think we'll take care of business against penn state at home i do but i don't think it's gonna be easy no i don't either i think um I mean, I would love for us to win very easily there. Just smack them around. Yeah, of course. But I do think that they're a talented enough team, and they're they're veteran led with um, with Stevens at the top, and they've had some tournament, you know, big game experience too. At least the core of people that are seniors now. So I, I expect it to be a good game. They seem experienced. They, uh, you know, a lot of their seniors actually played pretty significant minutes. In addition to Stevens and Watkins, they also have. Um, Grant Hazel and Curtis Jones, both of whom are kind of the, the backups, but average pretty – they like double-digit minutes last year. Mm. Yeah, It's so interesting I, because Chris Chambers is also a really good coach, in my opinion. Yeah. So we'll see what he's able to do with this roster. A lot of people are saying that they're, they have the sneaky chance to slip back into the big dance this year. Mm. But again, this is a huge game for both of these teams, a must-win, honestly, for both. And – It'll be interesting to see how things play out. It's big that Georgetown has this as a home game, even though 
it'll give it, it'll give the students an excuse to come out early and if they make a statement win even yeah, if it's yeah. by single digits it shows the campus that this team is legit and worth investing into the thing is that's probably going to be the only competitive home game before syracuse yeah probably i would hope i mean because we after that we can move on here to the empire classic that's the uh you know the big draw as far as fans are concerned it's a whole you know a back-to-back thursday november 21st and friday november 22nd will either be in the consolation or championship game and it's us texas cal and duke oh yeah um you look at this and (laughs) i would say i'm confident going into this against texas but Texas was a sneaky good team last year. They won the NIT. They got a coach on what some people are saying the hot seat this year and Shaka Smart. So I look at this as a game that we could win, but absolutely it is not a guarantee. And it's one that I could really actually imagine us losing more than winning. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that that team from last year, they lost a lot of people. I mean, they obviously yeah, lost I'm Jackson looking at them now to the NBA. They lost mm-hmm. Kerwin Roach, who was their top scorer. Um, and, you know, and they, they, they brought in, actually, uh, the freshman, Will Baker, from Texas. We were actually in his top four. I don't know if you remember that. It was us, UCLA, Texas, and somewhere else. Wow. He was a five star though, probably about top twenty, top thirty in the class. Lefty. Um, okay. But yeah, he he looks really good. I don't know how much of an impact he'll have, but I'm not really worried about Texas. I I think that they lost a lot of their talent from last year, and they're not super experienced. They only have one senior on their roster, so I I don't think it'll be too tough. Uh, I I always view Georgetown versus a decent team as a tough task. I'm pretty nervous about. Um, Courtney Ramey I think he's pretty I think he's a guy he's an off-ball guard who's probably going to be in their starting lineup you think he'll take a step up I mean he had a solid freshman year yeah I think he's going to have I think he's going to take the next step up and I think he's going to give McClung some issues on the defensive end yeah I can see that he's long yeah like he's he's long he's not necessarily big and he's not necessarily super strong he's only 6'3 185 but he's got a pretty big wingspan. He's pretty athletic, and he's shown the ability to consistently score. So if McClung or – because James is probably going to be on Matt Coleman, their point guard, because yep. he's their best playmaker with the ball in his hands in regards to shot creation for his teammates. Yep. But Ramey is a guy who I look at saying he's someone who doesn't really have a lot of name recognition, but he certainly is capable of dropping about 17 on us. Nice. McClung – isn't showing it on the defensive end. Yeah. And if he's not, it could force Ewing's hands early to turn into, turn to Terrell Allen early in that one. And that's not something that Georgetown um, is not something that Georgetown wants to do super early, considering the impact that we think Mac is going to have on the offensive end. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, looking at his past games, he had double figures in three out of the five NIT games, um, played over 30 minutes in all of them, and did a lot beyond scoring too i mean he was three assists and three rebounds a game but averaged about five of each in the nit which i is super solid for a freshman especially who was playing off the ball mostly uh, and shot almost 40 percent from three last year so i could definitely see and and mac honestly is closer to six one than six two so two inches there i definitely think is enough to alter his shot and 
you know, the one thing about Mac that we'll have to see if he improves on is his shot selection, especially if his shot is not feeling it early. Uh, you know, he, we don't want to get, or we don't want to see a version of Mac that begins to chuck or go ISO a lot. Um, and and who knows? Yeah. Mac, my, my friend called him because this is after Mac really struggled to begin last year before the Little Rock game. He was calling him Mac McClank. Oh, that's brutal. I know. I, I replied after the Little Rock game, Mac McCash. But... McCash. That's a good nickname. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McClank, though, is... Oh, my God. <laughs> that's pretty brutal. I His know. alter ego. I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let, let's look at these other two teams real quick. Because depending on whether or not we beat Texas, we'll play either Cal or Duke in the championship or consolation game. That's the one we'll be at. Yes, we will, which is uh, which is pretty funny because, uh, you know, I'm really praying that I don't need to watch a Georgetown-Cal game. Same, really, bro. really praying I don't need to. <laughs> Same, bro. That would be uh, – I mean, we get to – I think we get entrance to both of them, actually, because our tickets start at 5 p.m. and the the const- the winning game is at 7. So That would be pretty awesome. We'll see Duke either way. <laughs> we will, yeah, either way, because, you know, our asses will probably be in there watching basketball no matter what. <laughs> a million percent. But, yeah, what uh, I, I know a lot about Duke this upcoming year. It's actually – So do I, yeah. Uh, apparently, most people are saying it's a weaker Duke team than most because it's very freshman heavy but not as talented as the freshman team that won it all. I think it was in 2015. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think part of that has to do with – how star heavy last year's Duke team was. Yeah. There is no Zion. There is no RJ. There's more Cam Reddishes and Trey Joneses than there is like players who will capture in the national spotlight the way those two did. But it doesn't mean they're not talented. They're probably going to be within top 10 all year. And they're, so, they're, they're pretty consistently top five at the moment. And the big reason is that they have a veteran point guard coming back in Trey Jones who – I, I love how we're calling a sophomore a veteran. Yeah, <laughs> In the one-and-done era, that is a veteran, yeah. He's experienced, and I think the key for Trey Jones this year is can he stretch the floor? If he can, can show, he can, he can consistently knock down shots from the perimeter, this guy's going to have an absolutely dirty year. Yeah, every- and he showed some flashes in the tournament. In he was, there were some games where it was rough, but there were other games where he really stepped up, and he was a big reason why. I think in that Sweet Sixteen game against uh, Vatek, he hit a couple of huge shots from the perimeter that helped push Duke to a win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's gonna him and James will be an amazing matchup to watch because we'll see James's level of play against a real NBA talent. Like, Trey Jones will probably be a first-round pick this year if he has a good year. So Yes, he will. Like, seeing where James stacks up against him is going to be really, really interesting to watch. One thing we've always said about James is that he's a big game player. The kid doesn't shy down and elevates his game yeah. when he's faced with a tall task. He went toe-to-toe with Marcus Howard in Marquette, out-dueled him, yeah. giving Georgetown a must-win game down the stretch. I missed it because I was flying back from Punta Cana at that point, but I remember I got off the plane and I saw a tweet on Twitter and it was like, James Akinjo comes full circle from the Marquette game and I just screamed. I was like, yes! But I think the freshmen are going to give us, I think Vernon Carey is going to give us a lot of issues down low. He's just, he's a bull. Bro, he's 270. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he is like one of those guys who he's just a sloppy build, but 
he's just all he's like a wrecking ball down low. Yeah, I think Hurt's gonna. Ha- I think Hurt is really gonna cook our wings. Yeah, he's I think gonna he's gonna have a huge out. game against us. Yeah, I think Duke, he's gonna. I think he has. A, I think Hurt has a chance to drop twenty five on us. Yeah, Duke always needs to have an annoying white guy. So I, I definitely think Hurt's gonna be that, especially against us, because he's six nine. Like he plays on the yeah. wing at six nine. So unless Jamarco really brings his a game, he's just gonna shoot over the top of everyone on our team. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I remember when I was doing a little research on Duke and the ACC because I was interested to see what was what was going down. I saw Matthew Hurt, and I was like, this is an issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a level-headed reaction. This is an issue. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is so bad. Cassius Stanley, I think, is going to hurt us, too. He oh, would take... I don't think see, he... Cassius Stanley's like... he's. Have you seen his highlights, dude? He's so... He's also springy. 20. You know that? He's 20? Yes. He's two years wow. older than everyone else in his grade. That's so that crazy. that's why he went viral as a freshman in high school because he was a seventeen year old freshman. Or that's pretty crazy, yeah. He's old See, as shit. He can't be afraid of Duke's backups like Javin Deloria. No. Yeah, he's like a very solid player, very solid. Jack White, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Jordan Goldwire, like no way. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those where, um. See, I was looking at uh, busting brackets, and they're predicting Texas over Georgetown already. Fun stuff. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> do I agree with them? No, I do. I think busting brackets—they're pretty good. They know their stuff, but they don't. Again, like it's tough to really get deep into every single team. Yeah, you're right. Um, a player who I think is really going to be underrated for Duke this year hasn't generated a lot of uh, noise is Wendell Moore. I think more. He reminds me a lot of. I don't know if you remember him. He reminds me a lot of North Carolina's Theo Pinson. When, oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. So I was watching a lot of highlights of him. He he strikes me as a guy who's going to stick around Duke, probably for two to three years. He's not going to be someone who leaves right off the bat. Is he super defensive oriented, long arms, and he might actually be the one that ends up guarding. Um, uh, guarding, excuse me, Jamarco Pickett or Ga- Galen Alexander or Myron Gardner, whoever's in there on the wing for us. Okay. Because he's a little bit smaller than Hurt is. They could really try to they could go huge us and have yeah. yeah have Hurt as the power forward, and that would move Josh over to him. And I really don't love that matchup. No, me neither. Quicker than Josh, and you know Josh is he's very athletic. He jumps. He's super energetic, but. I he's, I don't want him particularly staying around the perimeter a lot on oh, defense. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I I think I don't I want to say we give Duke a fight just because it's MSG and it's like low key a home game for us. But I don't know, man. See, it's one of those things where we'll deal with it when the time comes, if the time comes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That's a very much I, a cross a bridge when we come to it game. Yeah, so if we get the chance of playing Duke, we'll be like, okay, now is something. Now is the time where we really got to batten down the hatches. Because if we do get the chance to play them, we can't shit ourselves in that game. We have yeah, to give yeah. them a fight. Our tournament hopes need that. Yeah, if we can give Duke a team that's probably going to be top 15 at that point. I say top 15 because you know the top four teams in the country are going to be playing each other right off the bat. 
And I think uh, a, a more experienced Kansas team could end up beating Duke in that one. Okay. Um, just because they have, they return a couple of big time players like Devon Dotson, who's probably oh, yeah. going to be nasty this year. Yeah, he, he'll definitely, I think, be player of the year. Really? You think Dotson? Well, it, for the conference. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my bad. My bad. That makes sense. Yeah. I was about to say, that's a hot take. <laughs> my, no, my bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It, it, again, if we get the shot at Duke, we just have to play them tight and show that we can hang with a team of that caliber. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think otherwise, even Cal, they're not too scary. I looked, no, their top, two, two of their top four players transferred, actually, one to SMU. Um, and then the two that are sticking around, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure they're solid, but they're nothing to be afraid of. No, again, it, a lot of it. Matt is, Bradley had a great freshman year, I'll say that much. Um, yeah, he's, he's a tough kid. Yeah, f- almost f- 47% from three. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, you know he's going to cook us. Yeah, with <laughs> boards, double digits, played about tw- 28 minutes a game. Uh, yeah, but we'll be fine, I think, against them. But the thing is, we on, we'll only play them if we're in the consolation game, which, you know, from a mental standpoint, I don't know how our team will feel about it. Yeah, you know, in hindsight, it's a great point that you make, but it also shouldn't matter. So it's going to, if we do lose to Texas, it'll also be a big time test for Ewing. Can he get these kids' heads screwed on straight and still stress you can't go 0 2 in? The 2K Classic. Oh, a million. Yeah, a million year. percent. Yeah. Because last year, we lose that game if we lose to Texas. We 100% lose to Cal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know how much that will, you know, I don't know how much that will change this year. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, we will. Yeah, we will. Looking at the rest of the schedule, at least, you know, up until Big E's play starts, because that's a whole other animal. We have two... I would say fairly important road games against Oklahoma State and SMU, and then we have Syracuse, obviously, at home this year. Yeah, yes, I would agree with that. Do you want to um, do you want to hit these these road games real quick? Yeah, this is an important stretch because we were talking about this a little bit before we started the podcast. Yeah, I was. I think I said straight off the bat, I don't think we're winning both of these games. I think Oklahoma State could give us some problems. I, yes, I think we'll be pretty motivated against SMU, especially considering we lost to them at home. last year. I think James yeah. is going to come out pretty pissed because James, in particular, had an atrocious game. Mm. It was also the game right after Syracuse, and they left everything they had on the floor in that one, so yeah. it was natural to expect an emotional yeah. like, drag in that game. But I think Oklahoma State is a game that we might lose. Yeah, 100%. Jamal McMurray is gone from SMU, so that makes me very happy. Yeah, he torched so us. Oklahoma, yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. They still have Ethan Sh- uh, Chargois, though, who's pretty solid. Yeah. Their front court is probably better. That's probably where their um, that's probably where their strength is going to be down low, which I think we counteract pretty good with Omer, Josh, yeah, and yeah. even uh, Kudus off the bench. Yeah. Their offense is. I mean, their backcourt is going to be really transfer heavy. To be honest, Emmanuel Battomel and Tyson Jolly, they came from Juco ranks. and Grant Oh, Yorkin. okay. Uh, he came from Rice, and he didn't even really play a lot from there. So, uh, Yeah, if he wasn't playing at Rice, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the two, but this is interesting because the big, the top the top transfers that they did get this offseason are Kendrick Davis from TCU and Darius McNeil from Cal. Um, but the issue is, do they did they get a waiver 
to make oh are they gonna sit out yeah um i don't know (laughs) yeah we'll see but yeah i honestly i i think oklahoma state worries me more than smu does just because they have they have size they have shooting they play really fast and they press the shit out of the ball yes they do so that that worries me yeah it does. It should worry you. This as could well. be like this could be a bad habits game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, I think Waters is going to give us issues. McGriff, Annette, Zigwa. <laughs> Some of these guys have. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so I think it's one of those where they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna spike up this year in regards to stock. I think this is a game where. Georgetown fans will look at and say, well, Oklahoma State stinks. They're not that good. But they're a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team, higher expectations, and probably you could argue this could be the biggest test for Georgetown up until this point. I'm not counting Duke because we don't know if we're playing Duke yet. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I feel more confident playing – Honestly, you know, I think about it. We played, we did travel well a bit last year. But if we end up going to the 2K Classic, taking care of business of Texas, giving Duke a run for their money, whether that means we win or lose, this is a game we might come in feeling ourselves a bit and yep. then get smacked around. Yeah, I mean, we're still we're still a young team. We got to keep that in mind. Like, just because they're not freshmen anymore doesn't mean they're still not children. So, like, you know, none of our core is even 20 yet. So... I think, you know, the the expectations of, oh, it's not going to, you know, affect them as much. Like, sure, not as much as last year won't be as extreme. But I think those swings are still going to happen throughout the entire season. And Yes, I agree with that. You know, especially because conference, non-conference play still has the reputation of, you know, oh, we're just getting ready for conference play. Mm-hmm. I could see this as a game, you know, sneaking up on us, but... It certainly could be. Out of all the games I'm looking at right now, that's the one that I'm well, like... Uh, yeah, I well, that, like that's that. the thing. We kind of know... I think we're operating under the assumption that we know there's going to be one. Yeah, and I don't think that'll happen against SMU. If, if we end up beating Oklahoma again, Oklahoma State, excuse me, it could be SMU. But the reason I don't think it's going to be the Mustangs is because we did lose to them last year. And I think that's going to fire some of our returnees back, like James yeah, Mack, yeah. Josh. I, it should anyway. They should be upset because it was an embarrassing home. That was loss. tough, man. We shouldn't have lost that. No, and it was. They really gave it to us all forty minutes of that game. Yeah, I remember watching it, thinking like, "Okay, we're, when are we gonna turn it on and go on our eighteen zero run?" Because we did that too against um, was it Richmond, I think, or or some team. We were losing well, we a, in the second dude, we half. Had a lot and of then, issues. Yeah. There, there were games last year against some cruddy mid-major teams that they really hung with us when they shouldn't have. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of Little Rock. Remember that Mac McClung game? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. He shouldn't have needed 38. No, but that bastard hit a half-court shot to, to send it to OT. Wait, no, that was the Providence game. Yeah, I know. There was a... Um, no, I'm not talking about McClung. A guy on Little Rock, Arkansas hit a half-court shot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was after he missed a free throw. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my... Dude, I completely had repressed that out of my memory. Oh, uh, dude, it was a terrible game. Dude, was I, was so watching that. I was watching that. I was on vacation, right? Because it was right over winter break. I was somewhere, I think, with my family. And the Wi-Fi was so bad, I ran back to my hotel room to watch that game. So I'm sitting <laughs> on my phone 
hunched over my bed watching that. And then as soon as he hit the shot, I just turned my phone off and like, I don't know, went to throw up in the bathroom. I... Yeah. There's always a couple of good old non-conference Georgetown games that you can't get on television, so you got to find the stream on yeah. the computer. Yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, okay, so I think we both agree that that road stretch before Syracuse could be a trap. Um, yeah, we might end up losing both of them. Yeah. Who knows, man? Honestly, because we're gonna have off days too. Like, there's a difference between having an off day and not, you know, and choking. And I think we're good for at least one of each of those. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, if you're Ewing, you understand that Syracuse is a huge game. But one thing that I think that does play into our favor is that the SMU game and Syracuse are a week apart. Mm. So it's not necessarily that they could be looking ahead to Syracuse. It's like they got a week. Take care of this. Don't even think about Syracuse. Come out of this stretch with at least one win, and then we'll worry about yeah. the Orange. Yeah. Speaking of the Orange, they don't worry me. Honestly. No, dude. dude, I don't think they're even making the tournament this yeah, year. Yeah, they don't look good at all. No. <laughs> they, they only no, have Eliza Hughes, who is good. They're how like... are they going to score? Yeah. Seriously. I would love to, I'd love to have that question answered, because they relied so much of so much of their scoring last year on Tyus Battle creating with the ball in his hands, and he's gone. <laughs> yeah. And even O'Shea Brissett, too? Yeah, Brissett, he is gone. I don't know how, is Howard he, still he, there? No, he was a senior. Yep, that's what I thought. Wait, so so how, they're going to... Well, Brissett made a team. Good for him. I didn't think he would. Yeah, he did. He made the Raptors. Yeah, I know. How awesome is that? Yeah, I didn't think he would, honestly. So, if you look at this roster... The players who are really going to have to step up and show that they can play at this level, well, you know Elijah Hughes is probably their best player, but yeah. last year he was really just reduced to a three-point threat. Um, their starting point guard is going to be Jalen Carey. Yep. Uh, I think, do you want to know who's going to be their starting shooting guard probably? Buddy Beheim. You think he'll start? I, I, who else is going to start? Are they going to put out uh, Bryson Gooden? Early in the season, hey, maybe, but he's a he doesn't have experience. Maybe Quincy Garrier could step in and have some good minutes. Barama Sidibe is probably going to be someone who plays in the front court a little bit. Yeah, but when your best player right now is Elijah Hughes, and your second most established player is Marek Dolajai, who's kind of just like a Swiss Army knife player, you're this roster doesn't. I'm Carter. I think we might beat him by ten. At least. Yeah, that's kind of where I am, too. So, I, it, But the thing is, you know, you and I were speaking about this last year. It's a rivalry game, so someone on Syracuse you know is going to step up and play well. Yeah. And do their best to keep it close. And one thing, that ha- one thing that's been a common theme among our Syracuse games le- recently is us getting off to good starts and floundering in the yes. second half. Yes, yes. You know what I think will help so much? I think Omer will help so much with that this year because people say, you know, oh, you got to beat a zone with shooting. You know how you can also beat a zone is a big that can just go through whoever is guarding him. Yeah. We'll just, I don't think... You know, uh... if, we, if the game slows down, we give Omer five post touches in a row, kill a few minutes, probably get some buckets. Like, we couldn't do that with Jesse last year. No, but I will... For everything... That is said about Jesse Govan. He is an absolutely monster reason we were still in that game 
last year, he hit some ridiculous uh, yeah. shots yeah. down the stretch. Yeah, he did. Battle hit a wild three pointer to put them up by, I think, he put them up by five. Two. No, it was two. And uh, then Jesse came off a screen and shot a three pointer over two defenders and buried it with like a minute left to put us up by one again. Oh, you got to watch the highlights again, bro. Yeah, I'm pulling them up right now. I remember um, because I was up in I was up at our buddy Mitch's house because he lives in Syracuse and we were broadcasting the game, and his parents came in and his father said that Jesse Govan kid can flat out play like he almost single handedly beat us because they're Syracuse fans, and go, so Govan played his ass off that game and at that point in the season, Carter McClung and James they weren't ready for the big time. Yeah, <laughs> Mac had I think a were, good first half. He had some shots, but James did nothing. Well, Mac came, yeah, James was a little bit overwhelmed by the zone. Mac just tried to shoot through it, and it was effective to a point. But our lineup down the stretch of that game, we went to a 2-3 zone as well. It was Jagan, Javon, Greg Malinowski, <laughs> Jesse Govan, and Josh LeBlanc. Wow. There is no offensive creation in that lineup whatsoever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we won't have that issue again this year. And to all all five of their credit, they played well enough to put us in a position to win that game. And I still am very much a believer that Ewing absolutely should have called the timeout on that last possession we had. Because you could see Jagan was a little confused. He was kind of stressed with the ball in his hands. And Beheim freezing him out kind of worked. <laughs> My God, do you remember Greg going shot for shot with Elijah Hughes? That's what I'm watching yes, now. Man, what yes, shit, dude. Yeah, so, again, I think we're going to win that game. But we, we would be remiss of me to say that Syracuse is going to lie over and die because they're not going to. Yeah. I think, we, I think there's a shot. We still do beat them by double digits. But in a rivalry game, anything can really happen. But I think Ewing's going to get his first win over Syracuse this year. Yeah, yeah, I expect that too. And they're, they're just... The only thing, a team like them, having them play at home just makes it, having them, I guess, play on the road in this case, makes it, makes them so much less threatening. Yes. Yeah. Because a lot of their, a lot of their play comes off of energy, you know, defense. Having been in the Carrier Dome for a Georgetown-Syracuse game, it, it, it is so much more of a home court advantage than being a Capital One is for Georgetown, even though Capital One always gets up. For the games, a lot of Syracuse fans travel well and make their presence known. But let me tell you, the Carrier Dome is a weapon for Syracuse. It is the depth perception is a real thing because it's a football stadium, not a basketball one. And their fans, to quote our buddy Mitch, he said, "We don't have anything going for us up there. We just gotta, we just get excited for Syracuse sports. It's like a huge thing that everybody knows they're going to the Syracuse game." So. It's big. It's huge for them. Those Georgetown Syracuse games, massive for the Syracuse fans. Yeah, and they got up. They got up. They really held power their team to a to a second half comeback. But again, Battle won't be there. Frank Howard won't be there. Granted, Jalen Carey played well against us last year, but yeah. it'll be a different story now that James and Terrell Allen will play a little bit more. I don't think he'll be too successful. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we win that game. I think we do too. Um, let's, you know, I think for the sake of wrapping things up so we don't ramble on too long here, 
how how many losses do you give us in the what is it 13 no 12 games i think two yeah that was my that was my guess too i, I think say- we lose one of the road games and i think we lose one in the empire state classic yeah that's my guess i think i was gonna say we beat texas lose to duke and then lose to oklahoma state i'm right there with you yeah i think and that seems very realistic to me i mean there's a fuck up somewhere in there but and then there's also a game that we win where we don't, didn't think we would i mean so one I thing that could also happen is we uh crap ourselves in a mid-major game but i you would hope that this team the way the the roster is built is beyond that yeah yeah you would think i think we got some veterans too like terrell allen will probably help so much with that just from we uh, didn't have someone like terrell last year who could yeah. step in like in jamaica for example when we were really struggling after beating um illinois on the road like we didn't have a guy like terrell allen who could step up and help conduct us through like testy waters like that loyola merriment marymount game that uh southern sfu game that we almost lost oh the the usf game oh my god yeah 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 usf that's what it was um when uh james akinjo hit that huge three descendants overtime yeah yeah Ah, boy. Um, but yeah, I, I think ten. I would be very happy with ten and two going into. I would be too. Play. Anything above ten and two, ecstatic. Yeah, not. I think I'd take nine and three, but that's probably a a lowest bar. Yeah, anything more than three losses would be pretty unacceptable. Yeah, this team, I think. Re- I think two is the most that they can sustain because Big East. The, we're not really going to get into it this episode because. We'll talk about it when the time comes, but I think yeah. Biggie's play is going to be like uh, Lord of the Flies in like a weird <laughs> way, like the Hunger Games. Everybody's going to be beating on each other because yeah. there's so much parity among the top teams outside of maybe Seton Hall and Villanova. But we'll see. Yeah, honestly, I think um, so. If we had to pick uh, stat wise, I think it'd be interesting to parse this out for a sec. Who do you think? Uh, has who do you think goes off one game? One, I think McClung. I I think Mac is going to give us at least one thirty point game in non conference. He did last year, as we said against Little Rock, Arkansas, and just because he's so dynamic, so athletic, and I think we're really going to see him and the improved skill level and recognition against one of these mid major yeah. teams, and yeah. he's just going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It'll start with, you know, he hits a couple threes and then, bam. He's all all of a sudden at 40, and he's just going to continue the national wave of Mac McClung, Mac McClung, Mac McClung. Yeah, and people will be like, wow, this guy's actually good. Um, Yeah, yeah, would you agree with that? I would agree with that, honestly. Um, I was going to say bold wide. I could see O'Mare having a 20-15 and game, maybe even a 20-20 game against one of these sorry mid-major teams. You know, someone who, like, doesn't have anyone taller than 6'8". <laughs> yeah, because uh, we did see Trey Morning put up a, like, around a 30-point game as well. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> so... Yeah, people man. forget. Never we, forget. We've brought him up so much. Dude, it, it, dude, again, it's like it, it's like a sick addiction. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're addicted to Trey Morning. <laughs> yeah. What do you think our biggest win would be? If we beat Duke, that would be big. Yeah. Um, I think listen, outside I of think that, probably Texas. Texas. Yep. Texas. If we could take Oklahoma State down in Oklahoma State, I think you couldn't 
you can't overlook that because it's a true road game. And that was it would be similar to how we beat Illinois last year. Granted, I thought Illinois was going to smack us last year. So it looked like it knows. for a while. Yeah, the first five minutes was dicey. And uh, that was the game with uh, when James Akinjo hit that ridiculous oh, the and won the ice the game. Well, yeah, that Dude, that could have been a charge. That really could have been a charge. Yeah, he was moving. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, so what, if we had to, you know, we take a look at the team by conference play, uh, and we think we'll be in good shape, but what do you think about the stock of our players? What do you expect them to prove, even from some surprises or some disappointments? I think I think Terrell Allen is going to be probably the biggest get of the offseason for us because there are going to be games where Mac, one of the two of Mac and James are going to be off, going to be struggling, and to have a starting caliber guard to plug in, not just necessarily a starting caliber, a two-way starting caliber, someone who's so fundamentally sound on defense and who runs the pick and roll well, doesn't turn the ball over, makes smart high IQ basketball plays. It's something this team has lacked for I can't even tell you how long. And he's not even going to be starting. <laughs> so yeah. to have like a, like a third starting caliber guard, a veteran presence like Allen, is going to prove to be so beneficial in tight games where we need to give Mac or James a bit of a break. We can plug him in and play him about 25 minutes. Even plug him in at the three, even though he's only 6'3". We did that plenty of times with last Jagen, year with Jagan yeah. Mosley. So we could go really small with him there. I think he's going to prove to be invaluable for us, and he might even start some games. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, you'll, we'll see the difference between him and Jagan too. Like, Allen's yeah. a legit D1 starter. Jagan isn't. So, those, if anything, if he just replaces Jake, a lot of Jagan's minutes from last year, it's going to be a very substantial upgrade. Just, I think, in every single measure. <laughs> like, there's nothing Jagan's better at than Allen, I think. Yeah, can you tell I kind of like Terrell Allen? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I, what's your big what's your big uh, rotation prediction? I bet I think Josh solidifies himself as a stretch four. I've been a big fan of his wow. jump. I've been a big fan of his jump shot for a while. You know this. Yes. And from what I saw, I think a lot of it was a confidence thing. Uh, and towards Big East play, he hit a three in almost every game. So or last year at least. So I would not expect, uh, or I would not be surprised if he has, you know, he'll have a lot of Josh games, like a, you know, a 12 and eight with two blocks, a lot of put back dunks, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets hot from three, one game and hits like three threes and, you know, gets 20 and 10 or something like that. Um, and, you know, hopefully he didn't gain any weight from last year, according to the roster. So I don't know how much better he'll be at getting through people on the post. And if he has any moves besides, a little bit of a jump hook, but I, I think we're sleeping on him as an offensive option. He, he won't have any more touches than he did last year, but I think there'll be a couple times where, you know, say Omer dives to the rim and he rotates out, he'll he'll have open jumpers, and I expect him to be able to knock them down consistently. It would be a huge help, that's for certain. And he, did, he certainly did flash a little bit around the free throw line, being able to step out, shoot a bit, and even hit a couple of threes. He hit a couple of straightaway threes, I think. Yeah, yeah, they so, were mostly top of the key, yeah. Hey, even that, it would be a help. <laughs> oh, dude, a thousand percent, yeah. Like, we're not saying that we expect him to be hitting wing threes left and right. Like <laughs> he was able to do a bit towards the beginning of last year. We're just saying if you could shoot from the corners and from the top of the key, it would be massive. Dude, it would be a game changer no, trust me, trust me. And I, I think, you know, the reason neither of our predictions were around Mac, James, and Omer is because we all 
expect them to play well. Um, I think James That's and O'Mara are going to have a really good chemistry. Uh, I think I think Mac will show just a, a lot of small improvements that make him more playable uh, in terms of his minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if Mac plays a lot of minutes this year, um, just because James is still going to be limited offensively. Same with Terrell Allen, and I do think Mac will score the most points of anyone on the team because he's our best perimeter creator. So, in terms of his defense being a little better, his shot being better, his turnovers being better, that's all going to make him less likely to be benched or just pulled out in certain points of the games um, to the point if, where... If Mac really shows this growth that we expect him to see, it could hurt Javon's playability. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you last night, there's something about whenever Javon Blair goes into the game, I get excited. I'm like, man, the three-point threat's there. The three-point threat that shoots 33% of three. <laughs> He's the worst specialist I've ever seen, man. It makes no sense. He looks good, though, this summer. He I know. Dude, good. stop, stop, stop. Dude, again, we're telling you, Javon Blair might fuck around and be the win national player yeah. of the year. My, my take was almost going to be Javon Blair hits a game winner. but <laughs> Dude, he almost did last I know, year. I know. Against Syracuse, he yep. almost hit. And St. John's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he ends up getting the last shot for us a lot of the time. Dude, he's the three point threat, man. <laughs> oh my god! Dude, when you have a three point threat, you gotta use them. Yeah, yeah, oh, but, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think that's a good note to end on. A little lightheartedness. We'll. Uh, I think we'll we'll probably check in after the Empire Classic. Yeah. Just because you know we won't be able to do the same frequency as we did last year since we're not in the same spot but once we meet up for that we'll uh it'll be a fun time we'll get to see hopefully some high quality basketball it will be fun and who knows maybe we'll be able to get an episode or two in before that maybe like one yeah yeah maybe maybe we'll see uh, because it would be nice if we could sit down and preview the penn state game talk about the two oh true yeah mid-majors and then maybe an episode before the empire classic break that down a little bit more after having seen texas play see us play see how they match up a little bit better because right now there's so many unknowns going into college basketball we don't really know how the rotations yeah 100 so it's kind of tough to sit down and be like well we can speculate it's easier to speculate about a big time program like duke and their recruits but a a team like texas it's difficult too yeah i think you're right um and honestly hey time is yours man i I'm almost done with this job search so i'll definitely have some time on my hands you'll know hopefully by the end of the weekend yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I gotta, I gotta send a follow up soon. But yeah, yeah, fingers, fingers crossed on that. Yeah, you know, you'll end up where you're supposed to be. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It is tough for people to realize that too in the heat of the moment. It was difficult for me as well. So yeah, it's always good to keep that perspective in there. It's so hard though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dude, a thousand percent. Yeah, it's a weird. It's it's weird because my my senioritis is so strong everywhere else. Uh, I'm worried that once this last domino falls, I'm going to be... You, you will. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but you deserve it. Once you get that job locked up, just keep your grades like treading water and you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, basketball's back, so I can completely immerse myself in that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah the mental health break is over. We watched the Knicks. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but okay. Awesome. Another solid episode. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, like we said, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully both of these will be up soon. Uh, and yeah. By, uh, by Monday, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're obviously looking forward to the year. We got some thoughts. Feel free to hit us with any of yours. And uh, keep on keeping on. Go Hoyas.